Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. And welcome into the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. Ooh. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. Me too. There we go. There we go. Look at you. What What are you drinking tonight, Matt? <laughs> Ginger ale because my stomach's messed up. Okay, well, I have a Seltzy Bay. Oh, there you go. Right in the middle. What a Celsius, weird. Okay, so I would drink it because I'm into seltzers right now. I wouldn't drink it because I couldn't tell someone I'm drinking a Seltzy Bay. Well, it is a coconut lime seltzer. It's from Tailgate. It's local. It's just down the street from us. And it's it's summertime. It's nice and refreshing. I enjoy is it, it. Is it tasty? Have you had it before? Or is that just Yes, like... I have had I've had it on tap, actually. Oh, seltzer on tap. I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, dude, they have like 30 beers and ciders and seltzers on tap there. I'll, uh, I'll take you when you come here. In February for the stadium yes, series. Because they do pizza. They do uh, different kinds. They do waffle fries. They have their own version of poutine, which is not really poutine. I don't know okay. why I call it that. I'll just go ahead and say it's that right now. It's just special fries. Pretty much. And they all they also have really good soft serve. There as well, they make a nice big like stack in there. It's it's great. I do enjoy tailgate, but yes, it's what I'm drinking. And Matt, we are back on video. Thankfully, yeah. he's been at the cabin, and some things have happened. <laughs> um, today was the first time ever that when driving home, I've had to pull over and oh, take no. a nap because I was just so like I was out of it, <laughs> exhausted. I had to drive two buddies home, and I usually stop in a town called Huntsville up here. And there's like a Dairy Queen, there's a Wendy's, there's a McDonald's, there's basically whatever you kind of want to get for lunch on your way home or on your way up kind of thing. And I was pulling over, and I was like, nope, we're turning into the Walmart parking lot. I'm setting a timer for 30 minutes, and I'm going to bed. Because I just felt like hell. It was not good. I woke up this morning, and it was weird. I woke up, and I was like, oh, I don't feel bad at all. Like, I feel okay. Uh, an hour later, I was like, my stomach wants to come out of me. And then we were packing up the cottage, like cleaning up and everything. And I was like, I need to walk away for a minute. Just walked over to like the river, had a nice little chunder. And I was like, that's not good. Went back in bed and was like, I don't know how I'm going to drive. Hour later, just walked out again, had another chunder, like drenched in sweat. It was not good. Matthew, Matthew. bad. What did you learn? Nothing. <laughs> that perhaps I shouldn't drink the most on the final night of going to the cottage. Maybe save that or, for the second last or, night. Or, this, and this is just like a minor thing. Drink a bottle of water, you dumbass. I was. Wait, I have a buddy that comes on this like yearly cottage trip, and he's like <laughs> the was. he's like the parental figure of this uh, whole group. Like he was so giving me like waters. Me. Yeah, he was giving me waters this morning, and then last night, if he noticed that some of us were just drinking beer, 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 he'd be like, "Here's a water bottle, and give us a water bottle." Okay. So, okay. Well, uh, all I blame this on is: Have you ever seen that game on Instagram? It's like. It's like this wooden tea thing, and then you throw this hook on a string onto yes. the... Yes. So, oh, yeah. And we actually play with, like, if you lose, you have to have a shot. Okay. I kid you not, I have one buddy who I think we played, he played at least 50 or 60 games, only lost once or twice. Oh, wow. And so the whole week it was just, we got to beat him, we got to beat him, we got to beat him. And so on that last night, before we went to bed, we were like, okay, we're done drinking. And then we played that stupid game with, like, seven or eight of us for two hours. <sighs> you were on a cottage bender. Oh, yeah, my uh, tummy is not good. Speaking of being on a bender, uh, the Nashville Predators have been making some decisions here that have some fans questioning, some people going, huh, 
well, they actually did it. How, how about that? <laughs> so let's go ahead and give our reaction before we get to some questions that some of our listeners have posed. And folks, thanks for plowing through. I mean, it's off season and we're doing our best to give you these podcasts. Like we said, we promised we would. And then all of a sudden, one of us is on vacation or one of us has to do it solo or well, all these different things are happening. I know something's going to happen when I'm going to end up being out of town. I just, I know it. I mean, <laughs> it'll be I'm fine. I'll be in Disney the last weekend in August, and I know something's going to happen, and I'm not going to be calling in from Cinderella's castle. No, don't do that. <laughs> That's uh, no, 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 no. Unless I can get you know Mickey on the line. <laughs> that would be uh, awesome. So, <laughs> so the natural part. Let's go ahead, and we discuss the Ellis trade. So this is what's good about doing these directions. We can go right into the expansion draft. So it, it started leaking all these different teams, their list, and it first leaked out that Johansson and Duchesne were not going to be protected. Hey. How about that? Uh, uh, we, we talked about that before. A miracle. And it happened. And it happened. Then, here's the thing. Forsberg, yes. Okay. All right. Cunning, 100%. Yeah, we, to- we totally get that. Yossi, you have to. Saros, yep. Ekholm, of course. Fabro, okay. I know some people were not happy with him, even though he's young and he's still developing. You still don't know what you have in him and everything like that. Give him a chance. You never know what you have because look at Seth Jones. You didn't like him before, too, and you shipped him off, and now look what he's become. <laughs> and then you have Alex Carrier. Sure, it makes sense. You have the Ellis trade. You're going to protect your defenseman. Fleet Myers, you just traded for him. So, okay, makes sense. National Predators, only team with five defensemen protected. And then the big one hit that made people go, really? Tanner Janot. I still don't understand, to be quite honest. A fourth liner, third liner at best, nothing against him. We have small sample size, but that means Callier and Croak and Colton Sissons are both unprotected, meaning the Kraken actually have decent pickings from the Predators in terms of something that's going to fill out their team. Not saying they have top of the line talent. By any means, like some other teams that have given up, but they have decent pickings to really fill out their team. Yarncourt could be a great addition to them. So Sissons would be a great addition. I think Johansson could fit in well there too as like a second line center for them as well. Doubt that's going to happen. But Matt, your reaction to this list, because I've seen you've been kind of on the road most of the day or sleeping or a lot somewhere. Yeah, I've, I've seen the reaction from Preds Facebook and Twitter to the expansion list. Uh, what's your initial reaction to seeing what the Predators decided to do with who they're protecting? It's nice to see David Poyle grow a set and leave out Duchesne and Johansson. That's like my initial, hey, you did something good here. Now, I got to tear a strip off him now because I don't understand protecting Tanner Janot. He's a good player. He's also a bottom six player. He is a dime a dozen kind of player. And the thing that I think has torn the fan base apart is he's a fan favorite. If he was just not a rough-and-tumble kind of guy and he didn't have big explosive hits, but he was hitting people and he was getting goals here and there, not when the team was starving for goals and starving for production, like if it was a normal, just average season, then Tanner Janot wouldn't be Nashville's sweetheart. He would just be another plug-and-play guy in the bottom six. I would have honestly rather have protected Yarncroak over Tanner Janot. And I think not a lot. And I think when the question is posed to people too, it's like, so who is Seattle taking? The popular answer is Kelly Yarncroak. And I think if you were to protect Yarncroak and not protect Tanner Janot and pose that question, Tanner Janot wouldn't be the name that people are saying. Oh, there Seattle's going to go out and get Tanner Janot. That would have pivoted, I think, to a Colton Sissons. I I just the evaluation. This isn't just the David Poyle thing. This is this this is an organization wide decision. 
This isn't just David Poyle right. going, hey, my team, my rules, see you later, effers. It's the whole organization must have sat down. I'm sure some people probably didn't agree with it, but at the end of the day, he gets the almighty tiebreaker. Even if it wasn't like set out to a vote kind of thing, that's his gut feeling and he wants to go for it. I, I don't get it. He was so close to getting like a 10 out of 10. What a great protection list. And then that happened. I mean, it's not the end of the world. Honestly, it's no, not. It's not yeah. Like we're, we're arguing over, we're not even arguing over it. A third or fourth line player at the end of the day, no matter which one of them gets selected. So it, it's not it's, detrimental. It's yeah, it's, it's because does that mean that Paul had conversations with the Kraken with Ron Francis like he did regarding Victor Arvidsson to where they said, "Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we're going to take Tanner Janot," and like behind the scenes, like I told him we're going to take Tanner Janot. Let's see if a hundred percent. I don't understand. Like, what in terms of scouting? Because especially Tanner Janot is undrafted. Yeah, he's only been a pro for a few seasons. You know, with other players, what you have and everything with them, did plenty of other pro scouts have Tanner Janot really high? And again, we are not hating Tanner Janot. He's a very serviceable player. He's a fan favorite. He, he Great in his small sample size. He was fantastic for his role. He played his role and he played extremely, extremely well. Is that mean it was worth protection? No. But <laughs> my thought is that maybe this is all part of the culture change, that they're fine with losing one of those other players because they want the culture to change in the locker room and they weighed that more than the value the player has on the ice and with the contract. That, that's I'd, what I might think too. I'd get it if Tanner Janot was a guy who in the minors and in juniors, like WHL kind of thing, that tore it up and was scoring 30, right. 40, 50 goals. You look at his hockey DB and he's had one forty goal season. And then the rest is like 19, 17, 5, and 7. And when was that 40-goal season? 40-goal season 2017-18. With? Musha Warriors. Exactly. Just a super team. Yeah, it's that, that's the outlier season. That's not his, oh, this is his potential. That's your little outlier, have a nice day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If he did have three or four of those 40-goal seasons, then, yeah, I get it. He's still young. You can kind of gamble there and protect him. I just think it was unnecessary. You think of all these undrafted free agents that teams had like took a chance on and then it didn't really work out kind of thing and the first one that i always think of is marty st louis and how calgary just went oh yeah, yeah. no not gonna work out you're you're not gonna do well here we're just gonna cast you out and then tampa was like thanks for the player and marty st louis everyone knows had fantastic career but st louis knock wasn't that he couldn't score growing up and playing like university hockey or anything his knock was he was a small dude Tanner Janot's thing, yeah, Tanner Janot's knock is he's not super gifted offensively. When you watch a Marty St. Louis, you go, wow, incredible, incredible hands, incredible shot, incredible vision, just so good. You watch Tanner Janot and you go, big rough and tumble guy, good for him, brings energy, fan favorite, might fill a few seats because of just him being him, and I think, like, every time Kyle says, do I buy a Tanner Janot jersey... I used to think he was kidding. Now I think he's completely serious. No, he's completely serious. I think like he's just going to buy this. And I have no knock on that. I love energy players. I I think they're fantastic. I just don't think I love them as much as David Poyle. If you protect him, then he's here for at least another two years, you got to think. Has to, unless like... What a waste if you're not. Yeah, unless like as the season starts, you're like, yeah, we're going to trade him now. Oh man, can you imagine everything coming back? Like had, he protected him. <laughs> there was uh, rumblings that there might be a, like, Seattle, this is off topic with the Preds, but Seattle might take Carey Price and then right. trade him back to uh, 
Montreal with like holding on to some of the, some of the salary. And the NHL went no. Yeah, the NHL went no. But the funny thing is, when the expansion happened with Vegas, that was allowed. Teams were right. allowed. That option was there. And now I think the NHL is like, we're the no fun police. We're not going to let right. that happen. I would have loved that. So, so now the Predators weren't the only ones to leave some players unprotected. And just because, you know, obviously you want to make sure everyone's hearing what's going on across the NHL. But here's some other notable players, aside from Carey Price, Johansson, Duchesne, Vladimir Tarasenko has apparently requested a trade. Gabriel Landeskog, James Van Riemsdyk, Mark, Mark Giordano, Jonathan Drouin, Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, Jason Zucker, Ryan Getzlaff, Nino Niederreiter. I mean, there's some names in there that if the Seattle Kraken choose to, which means they're going to have to take on some contracts if they choose to, they could be a very good team next year. They could. It's a hodgepodge of players, but they could be a very good team. It's putting it out there. So then again, if the team is good, if Seattle is good and makes a run, you do not blame the NHL. You blame the teams that let them have the players. They this made is, the decisions. It's such a different draft compared to the Vegas one, and people want to keep yes. drawing comparisons. There weren't these big star players. I, I think people often forget that Vegas got Pacioretty through a trade. They got Mark Stone through a trade. They're two marquee yeah. players through a trade. Vegas on paper was not an uber-competitive team. They were not going to be a last-place they, they team. Were, they were supposed to be kind of piss-poor, not super piss-poor, just like, eh, not good. Yeah, they're supposed to be like in the gray area. Like maybe they could be, you know, a, a one of the, an eighth seed, but most likely going to be like 11th or 10th or 11th or anything like that. Competitive and fun, but not awful. Yeah, they they were supposed to be entertaining. The, the whole idea was Vegas will sell tickets because it's Vegas. They didn't right. expect the hockey product to sell tickets like it has. Uh, it's just, it's intriguing. With all these big options out there, Honestly, looking at a Duchesne or a Johansson, it's not, I don't see it in the cards. Vegas is going to bite on some of those. I mean, not Vegas. Seattle's going to bite on some of those. They are because they're going to be yeah. dangled out there. They're going to have, once they see these lists, they're probably reevaluating so much. Like, hey, we can take a flyer on a couple of these guys. And if it doesn't work out, we can trade them for assets or something. No big because we'll have something else to, to be able to handle. So it's going to be very curious to play. There was also another thing that came up in terms of this protection list for the Predators. Is it possible, and we've heard what the prices are, apparently, for the Kraken, is it possible there could be a deal on the table? In terms of just, hey, select Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson kind of thing? And then somebody else, like Assistance or Yon Croak, also goes. I honestly, like, that's $8 I don't million. think so. Because you, you look at the rest of the league and, like, what players are available. I'd rather save $2.5 million and take a younger Jonathan Drouin over Matt Duchesne. Oh, 100%. And, and I Hansen. think it's, it's it's home fans, and it's not blaming. It's because you know your team you follow the best. That's just natural with, with yeah. the way that happens. That it's, I don't want to say undervaluing or overvaluing. It's maybe not necessarily realizing what other players have been left unprotected from other teams and that are a little bit better off for what the Seattle Kraken could do. But I'm not sure we'll pull on the trigger with Ellis and Arvidsson because he was kind of, well, I mean, Arvidsson, it was going to happen based on what we saw with Adam Vingen now. Mm-hmm. And then the Ellis thing, they needed to move that, and they, they found a suitable team to send that off to. I, I don't think Poyle, with what he wants to do, is going to trade off draft picks like that for what apparently the Kraken want. But I wouldn't put it past him now because he shows that he actually has the cojones to make some moves, to be, make changes, to make this team better. And for the future, that's still the thing like we've been talking about. In order for them to be successful in the future, they have to find a way to move one of those $8 million guys. Because now they move that 6.25 from Ellis, they can you know, re-sign Ekholm. They can make yep. sure they, they get it done with Tolvanen, with Saros. They even have some space now to make a move in free agency if they want to, to remain competitive. 
they get rid of one of those eight millions, then the sky's the limit with what they could do if they're able to pull it off. Very and difficult to do. An absolute wet dream would be Seattle taking Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson with no deal in place. The percentage of that happening is, what, 2%? Like, if we're being completely honest, maybe 3%. It's just it's not going to right. happen without a deal being put in place. But you look at it, Seattle has $81.5 million of cap that they get to play mm-hmm. with. You Like, slapping $8 million onto that for one of 30 draft picks is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's just... There's going to have to be salary retained from Nashville, and if that's the case, if Nashville can retain less than 50% and Poyle can dump that contract or one of the two contracts, I'll give him a W there. Losing an $8 million contract is not going to be easy, and the question is, too, it's like, well, why wouldn't Seattle want to take on someone who's proven and uh, Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson where you know what they can do at an NHL level instead of gambling on a Moody Tarasenko, instead of gambling on a Jonathan Drouin? It's because the Drouin, Drouin still has just value to him in that he's young. He showed signs of life with Ducharme before he went on his leave there. Whereas Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, the Predators are actively looking to get rid of them and knowing that they're going to have to give up assets where Montreal with Drouin, there's there's value in Drouin and in himself. There's value in all these other high million dollar players. Not the high million dollar players like your Ryan gets laughs. Like that's that's just not well, right, yeah. Right? Like not it's happening. the players who can offer something, like you said, if they get drafted and it's like, well, we have something better on the table now. Thanks for coming and being here right. for a day. See you later. So how's this, though? NHL.com released their mock draft. This was composed of NHL.com writers with Dan Rosen, um, Tom Glitty, and Pete Jensen, good friend of Penalty Box Radio, Pete Jensen. And how about this? And their mock draft, they have Seattle taking Ryan Johansson. Oh, and, come on. But these guys I are love, no I love Pete. I'm going to have But no, it's those three. I mean, Dan Rosen... Pete and Tom, those are those are guys that are. I'm not saying they're insiders on on this, but it's curious because it means they're making an argument for it, and it's always curious to see what people outside of Nashville think more than anything else because it means they value something different. They value a change of scenery. And here's the thing: of those players, Johansson I think provides the most value in return for what he could do in a change of scenery because the player that he is. But which is why I'd rather the Predators keep Johansson compared to Duchesne. Oh, 100%. Because because of the type of player he is, how he's in the locker room how he tends to make people better on him, his possession stats as well. He just sometimes doesn't perform, not sometimes, but most of the time doesn't perform up to par, which we expect, but at least he's performed in the playoffs fairly well too. So it is curious. I, I think there's a percentage chance that Seattle takes one of those guys as a flyer just to see. You never know. Is I don't, it high? I don't, I don't think what? it'll be no. Matt Duchesne. I, I no, honestly I don't like. Th- it would be Johansson over Duchesne if they're going to take it because there's more value there on what they could do. There is. The only problem, like, I'm okay if I'm Ron Francis and taking um, Johansson here if he didn't have so much term left. This was a two-year deal, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I could just burn and turn and see what I can get, dump of him course. at the deadline for a rental kind of, or as a rental kind of thing, then 100%. sure. But there's just way too much of a commitment for me if I'm the brand-new GM and I want to follow kind of what Vegas did and bring in a sexy free agent after a few years. Then the problem is, like, what do I do with this $8 million here? And who's to say that Brian Johansson doesn't go back and he finds he refines his prime and plays like a number one center like he actually can? Or maybe that was, like we talked about earlier, an outlier season. Maybe he had a couple outliers and what he actually is is like a pretty good second line center and that's it. Which isn't bad. 
but at $8 million, it's not great. Right. All right. So let's get to some of our questions and topics that listeners put in. Um, a dad of three, Stephen Lowry, <laughs> if you were an angel marketing and had to come up with the official expansion draft beer, who would make it and what would it be called? The obvious tagline is crack one open. I, I love the whole like crack one because it's so close to cracking. Uh, cracking cold ones, I think, would be fun. Um, I would do maybe something with Krakatoa. I don't know how I'd mix that into drinking, or maybe I'd have like a special drink and have it in a but fun Krakatoa's cup. Krakatoa's not in North America. Yeah, but it's a fun ass word, and people know it. <sighs> I like fun words. Um, I, I like I, like crack one open is my favorite. Um, oh my gosh, cracking cold ones is fun. The thought of cracking beer right now also makes me ill. I had See, to. I, oh, oh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going probably for the pun. On I this one. I hate puns, but I love this. I I would be. I would be going on here. Here's my here. I th- okay. I think I got one. I got. I think I got one. It'd be in for each market. It'd be you'd insert the team name, and then Facebook. So it'd be Preds Facebook, and it'd be a sour. Wait, what do you mean? I'm confused. As in it'd be a sour beer. As in people are sour over the expansion draft. It's a deep oh, think. Oh, yeah, I'm stupid. That was too deep for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, you're drinking old Seltzy Bay or whatever it is over there, so you're probably more in tune. If you, Well, we should come up with a seltzer one. Oh gosh! Seltzer, Seattle, Seltz, Cialis. Do you need that? Whoa! Hey, you need that? If I'm this song over, probably. Oh my god! Seymour Skinner. Um, I don't know if Matt understood the assignment. I understand the assignment. I'm just trying to make puns. Yeah, you don't have to make a pun. But it's more fun. It's more fun with puns. GM's loggering behind the rest. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um. Hmm. Salary cap celts. That's good too. I like that. I'm trying to think of something with stout, and I hate stouts. Ugh. Uh. Uh. Okay. With stout, let's see here. Hmm. Screaming stout. Fun screaming shout. Yeah. What, what, what's that a play on? Absolutely nothing. I'm just making puns at this point. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew. Well, that, let's move on to the next one so we don't have dead air. I hope you know I'm going to scream a pun eventually. Oh, God. Okay. Here's one from Daniel. At the end of the day, do you predict Boyle, Boyle trades something of value to Seattle so they'll take an $8 million man? Or will he do the right thing, stand pat, and let Seattle take one player? See, when Daniel said this question and he said tight thing, I thought, like, yo, that's tight. That's tight. what I thought. Yeah, it's tight. <laughs> yeah, um, baby. I, we hashed it out, and I just, I genuinely think that Poyle's going to just sit there and not do much. And I don't think the Preds have what the Seattle Kraken want. Or willing, yeah. I don't think the Preds are willing to give up what the Kraken want. I mean, I, I think the Preds value assessment chart is kind of skewed right now because they protected Tanner Janot. So I agree. I, I don't think they have and the assets to trade him away. At least they made some other moves. 
Because yeah. it would have lost Arvidsson for nothing, and they cleared up some cap space by moving Ellis and got younger. So at least they've done a few things. And then, hey, it's not just the expansion draft. we got to see what happens at the draft itself and in free agency. And, I mean, the Predators could do the thing they always do, which is sign a veteran defenseman. <laughs> I want to expand on Daniel's question real quick. So far, okay. what do you grade David Poyle's offseason? See, it's difficult because I like looking at the bigger – you know me. I don't mm -hmm. like looking at instantaneously. I want to look at the bigger picture. Right now, I'd give David Poyle's offseason actually a B. Yeah, I was thinking B, B plus. He hasn't yeah. done anything detrimental to tank his grade, but it hasn't been perfect. He was sitting at an A minus until protecting Tanner Janot, which I still don't I, understand. I kind of agree. I kind of agree, and I know people will disagree with that, and I understand if you disagree with that. I just think losing one of Sissons or Yonko, given the type of contracts they're under, you're losing a valuable, in terms of you're using a valuable Swiss Army knife. Yeah. So they're not Swiss, one's Swedish and one's Canadian. You're losing a player that can fit anywhere up and down the line. I'm not saying they're overvalued, but just saying those are good players. And I'm not saying they're uh, they're not a dime a dozen. No. Yarn Krug's definitely not a dime a dozen. Nope. Sissons is more a dime a dozen. There are those guys, though, that you find in the draft every three or four years, typically, that can play up and down the lineup. But that means they still have value. They're not just a fourth liner because Sissons can play up if he needs to in spot duty. Yarn Krug can play in the penalty kill. He has great hockey IQ as well. So... I don't call them dime a dozen. Tanner Janot is more dime a dozen, yes. even though he seems more <clears> responsible. <throat> Matthew Olivier is more dime a dozen, if you really want yeah. to do dime a dozen players I, uh, like that. so I think Tanner, or not Tanner Janot, Colton Sissons is the kind of guy that you can go into free agency, take a chance on someone, and fill that role. Yeah. Uh, Yarn Croak is different, like you said. I think Yarn Croak's more of a middle six guy where he has more specific tools that can help your team. Yarny's going to be harder to lose than Sissons. If it's one of those two guys, which it should be, if I'm Ron right. Francis. Yeah, it, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's Trennan. Uh, <laughs> I sure. I mean, okay. Sure. Yeah. Go Do for it, it dude. Uh, Kyle Perkins. Should I get <laughs> Janelle on my home or away sweater? You know, I had just have a, 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 a soft spot for the away jerseys. I like the the, the road whites. Yeah, I, I'd, go I'd go away. I, I think white jerseys are clean when they're done. They right. are. So I mean, I you have one in your just, background there, Matt. I do. I have. There's a few up there. Um, I just wouldn't eat delicious burnt ends. Kyle sent me a picture today. I've oh. never had burnt ends, and he sent me that, and I was like, that just looks good. By the way, before we get to the last question there, um, my my mom made some more homemade food, mm -hmm. and this time, instead of the Rice crispy Polveron, which is, again, I'll reiterate for the folks that didn't hear the last episode, a Filipino slash Spanish type of shortbread, which is very good, made with, made with like milk powder and things like that. She made a cashew-based one. Oh, it's so good. And like the thing with them, too, is it just falls apart in your mouth. Melt in your mouth and melt in your mouth and everything. Like, and then also... If you had made... no teeth and just had gums, you could still chew it. That's how good unless it's, unless it's the cashew one. You might have to be difficult with that, but the rice yeah, crispy yeah. one, sure. Suck on... And, yeah. and, and also made pork belly bow mm. that's good i'm jealous was it all sauce even stuff, the bun, stuff yeah even the buns were homemade and the pork belly with a beautiful sauce yeah on it and then a nice uh cucumber and uh carrot little uh relish to put on top as that's well. delicious i find like beautiful. when you have bow you need that relish on there just to give yeah. it that little bit of contrast yep contrast and crunch with a little oh, bit to offset God. the savory I had yeah. McDonald's today. Oh and boy. that was awful. I oh. I'm going like I'm eating clean again after tonight because I okay, just my body. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. This from from Adam. 
a rough draft of the lines forward and D assuming 92, 95 stay and one of 19 or 10 get picked in expansion? It's a, a good question because I mean, it's okay for me, it's difficult to put into lines because it, things are going to be shifting around. But here's what I'm going to see happen is that Tomasino is going to get a spot mm-hmm. along with Cody Glass. Those are two guys that I think they're going to say, look, you need to be in the lineup. And at least for the first few games for opening night, they're going to be in there and then make a decision yep. on if one of them needs to go to if one or both of them needs to go to Milwaukee. It's they, they want to see really what they have right off the bat, because that's the time you need to that's the time to test in the beginning of the season to test things out. Uh, and then in terms of other changes after that, I mean, it, it's difficult to do that right now, Adam. And I think it's because we have to see if they re-sign some of these guys that the rumor to re-sign. I mean, there's been talks about Eric Hala, really, about re-signing Eric Hala. And then you know, to Mikhail Glenlin, that they want to bring him back. It just depends on the price. So, I mean, the centers could basically all look the same, potentially, aside from Glass and Tomasino being in there. But I assume they're probably going to start Tomasino on the wing. Yep. I think he slots do. in on the second line. Yeah, and then you have Ellie Tolbin in the thing. So it's difficult to make line pre- predictions. And then in defense, I mean, no Ellis, but obviously Carrier impressed them enough that he's going to be up there with Yossi. You have Ekholm will be up there, potentially Fabro, And then they're going to give some really good looks to guys like Davies and Ference as well. And then Borvietsky. He wants to be back. He wants to have a good offseason and prepare for that because he had injury and then he had other things that he was dealing with. So props to him too as well on being open and discussing that and being very open and talking about everything that has been challenging to him as well. So I just hope the best for him because I think Borvietsky could still be one of those guys that you see play in like 60% of games in the third pairing depending on the matchup as well and still be a contributor to this team being physical and difficult to play against. But uh, Yeah, again, I think he'll be a true yeah. seventh defenseman coming up this yeah. year. Which yeah, is so what 50, you signed up for. Games, That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally fine. So, and then again, they might look at free agency and see who's out there, another veteran defenseman and everything too, to, to fill those gaps. But they obviously moved Ellis because they feel confident in what they have in the system already, as well as what they could possibly sign for like two or three million dollars. Yeah. If um, Carrier, if Carrier doesn't play as well as he did, then Ryan Ellis is still a national predator, like without a doubt. Yep. In my mind, 100%. because none of the other guys like the Davies, the Ferences kind of guys, they didn't show enough to warrant a move like that and carry right. in the trust. And I, I think that move was completely warranted in terms of answering like the whole question. I think the first line that we saw towards the end of the year of Forsberg, Johansson and Duchesne will stay intact. I think they get an actual shot at being a line this year. Then the second line, I'd love to see Tomasino on a wing, and I'd love to see Tolvanen on a wing, and then insert center here kind of thing. What about Cunning? I mean, yeah, I think Cunning. I think there, Cunning there, and Glass. True battles. Yeah, there's I think true battles that I can just, happen, which is awesome. I think Cunning and Glass will look good on the third line. Okay. That and then insert that's free. That's nice not bad. I mean, those top that top six could be. The middle six could be jumbled, I think, more than the top six could be. Like, Jeannot t- could play on the third line. He, I mean, if he's going to create space for the young, smaller guys, he could be the kind of guy that creates some space. Because I think Jeannot's max cap is a third line power forward. Yes, and that's not, not a bad thing. No, he knows where to be. He's not going to be your playmaker. He's not going to be your sniper. He's going to be your I-can-get-garbage-goals. A poor man's yeah. early JVR. He'll screen the damn goalie. He'll clear some space out, and he'll protect the smaller players that are out there with him. And that's totally fine and okay because he's not going to be a liability either. And we saw that he's not a liability. He'll be physical, but he's not overall liability, and he can pop in some goals. Yeah. And that's a great role for him to play. It's just that now coming up training camp, 
we will see some battles and that's what's been desperately needed in this team is true battles because that's what we wanted last off season coming into the shortened season and it didn't happen and then all of a sudden you had the injuries pop up and these young guys got opportunities to prove themselves and so improved themselves enough to where the predators can make moves and now you're going to have actual battles in training camp and in the preseason where these guys are battling for a roster spot and positioning throughout the lineup. And it's not just in training camp in the preseason. It's going to be all season long because they know now there's youth that are continuously going to be battling for spots in that lineup. And that's what makes a better competitive team when guys don't feel safe and comfortable. They need to be battling for spots and never feeling safe. And that's exactly what Tanner Janot does. I think out of everyone we've talked about and anyone who could necessarily get an audition in that top middle six-ish area, even the bottom six, yeah, Tanner, did it. Yeah, Tanner Janot is like, okay, I did this all last year. I just got to do it again. Cool. I can do that. And they put him on the power play, which if you're going to put him on a power play for screening the goalie, I'm fine with that. It's like, hey, here, we're going to win the faceoff. Park your ass in front of the goalie. That's your job. He He's doing okay. the job of what... <laughs> Wayne Simmons did in Philly. He's doing the job yeah. of what JVR did in his early days for in Patrick Toronto. Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, just sit your ass in the front of the net. You don't need hands. Like, if you want to go between your legs and be cool, sure, do it. But <laughs> if if you can just sit there, make sure you don't flinch when a shot shot at you and just bang in garbage and nowhere to be positionally, mm-hmm. you'll score 15, 20 goals in the NHL. All right, Matt. So before we go, I got to say, I know you've been busy and you've been on vacation. Have you watched Bad Batch at all? No. I need to watch that. Okay. I need to watch Loki tonight. I need to watch the season finale of that tonight. Okay. So how about the next episode? Because we've been promising people this. Because by the time we record again, it's probably going to be at least six or seven days, which is enough time for people to catch up. People have been wanting our take on the season itself of Loki. So yeah. I, oh, yeah. Lot. I can do that. Being not, it'll be a little, we'll have, we'll, we'll have a little bit of hockey because we need to have a little bit of hockey in there. See so if mm-hmm. anything's changed after we digested the information at hand. Yes. Because we know we're going to have a reaction episode to the expansion draft happening. So that'll be happening for you on Thursday. So, hey, Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll have a Loki series, season wrap up for you where we'll discuss that. And I know there's some takes on this too. There's some interesting takes depending on the type of fan people are and how deep dive they want to go into to Marvel and the universe there. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. And hey, we appreciate you demanding more of us. That means you enjoy Demand listening. us. So I appreciate that very much if you wanted to hear and see more of us as well. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. He's at Best of Matt. I'm at Justin D. Bradford and Triple P Podcast underscore. Even on Facebook over there, too. We appreciate you interacting with us there and on Penalty Box Radio. We're going to continue to provide that content. I think we'll probably slow down a little bit once we get past free agency and everything. But we have a lot to talk about the expansion draft and the draft and the draft and free agency. So you're going to be hearing a lot of Pinoy's coming up in the next week and a half, I'm sure. So, Matt, would you like to sign off since you're sober? No, I do not want to. <laughs> you can't just throw that. It makes me sound like I'm the world's biggest alcoholic. No, I just having fun on vacation. You lush. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. It was a good time. I got demolished by mosquitoes recording that last episode. Well, because they, they love that Pinoy blood, man. They oh, it's the worst. I'm covered. They, they in want hey the, the the mosquitoes wanted some true true fusion food. That's true. They did get some fusion food. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing worse in this whole world than when you're driving and a mosquito's in the truck with you and it bites you as you're driving and you're on the highway and you can't do anything really about it other than like smack the shit out of yourself and call it a day. I can think of something worse and it has eight legs. Oh, spoders. Don't like. Oh. Well, just, just remember in the south, 
Ugh. they can actually cause harm to you. Yeah, they can Up cause there, harm to me too. I can crash my car into a ditch because of a spider. Yeah, but there's a couple here in the south that if they bite you could cause actual bodily harm. Yeah, that's no so bad. that's no good. I mean, it's not like living in Australia where everything's trying to kill you, but some things oh, in the south is trying to, to kill go, you. Where you're scared to go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet because there might be a spider there? Yeah, no, no, no. Don't want that. Oh, my balls just went right back up. <laughs> Could you body. imagine that? Like having the fear of sitting on the toilet and having the itsy bitsy spider go up your water taint. Like I don't want that ever in my life. Maybe if hey, that's a beer that needs to happen. Water taint. <laughs> oh yuck! Oh, that's enough. I need gravel and tongs. Also, also <laughs> okay. Well, also known as Natty Light. All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> we'll talk to you. we'll talk to you next time with an episode uh, discussing Loki and then more expansion draft and NHL draft for Matt Best. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to Triple P Preds Pucks Pinoys. Bye.